Welcome to American K Sisters. My name is Linda. I am Hina. Enjoy our show about the spectacular American life of two Korean sisters. All right. New month, new celebration. It's June, and we have something exciting and beautiful to celebrate, which is. LGBTQ Pride Month. Woohoo! And on top of that, we have a special guest again. Do, 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 do. <gasps> Who is do, it? Do, 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 do. Linda! Oh, me, me, of course. How special I am. <laughs> I know. Thanks for coming to our show. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think there are times that I have mentioned that I'm queer on our podcast, but it is definitely different. That like I get to have an episode talking about right. my queer identity, so I'm very excited. I'm so excited too, cause um I don't think we had any in depth conversation around this either. Um, so I'm so excited to learn more about your queerness and all other details. So uh, mm-hmm. let's dive in. Well, first of all, I'd like to learn more about your queerness. I know it's such a broad topic and broad question, mm-hmm. but could you just walk us through how you realized that you are queer and how you explore that concept and like how was your reaction and your partner's reaction and everything? Could you just walk us through that the process when you are digesting that you are a queer how much time do we have (laughs) (laughs) three days (laughs) that's like a long process yeah i think everyone is different i think like when i read like literature or stories of other queer people they often start questioning and feeling out of place when they're young like oh you know i like boys but i'm a boy so like but other people like girl, like, you know, like they feel like they, their sexual preference or things are different from other kids when they are young. Mm-hmm. However, I did not notice anything until, until I was living in Iowa. That was like my mid 30 to late 30. So um, this queer identity came into my life or came into the focus very mm-hmm. very late i mean in my eyes it's quite late because i think many people go through their identity questions mm-hmm. um in their at least in their teenage year so mm-hmm. it happened quite late and i think the major reason is that i grew up in south korea until like high school year mm-hmm. and i was still quite isolated i did not read widely I stayed in Korean community until I moved to like Iowa um, for my partner's study. So um, I think that is why. And as uh, as you know, uh, listener who are used to Korean media and society, LGBTQ is still new, still and new, and like not so welcome. Yeah, not welcome. Very little existence mm-hmm. in, on the surface. 
often right. like in order to meet and hear queer stories, you have to go underground. Like you have to go to like one person shows online. Right. That's something that you are not confident to say in public or to, you know, your friends and family still mm-hmm. in Korea. So it's so interesting that you realized and started having those identity questions when you are in your mid-30s or maybe late-30s in Iowa, not even New York City. You used to live in New York City for right. a while, which is the melting pot. And, you know, there are a lot of people with different you know, orientation. What what specific, I don't know, like there was an incident or what kind of specific environments had influence on you and made you start questioning about your identity? When when I moved to Iowa, we stayed there. My partner and Chris moved there um, for his doctorate degree. So we stayed there for five years. And when we first went there, we didn't know anyone. So I struggled a lot at the beginning because I'm very social and I didn't have friends. So like always, I looked up meetup groups and I started mm-hmm. going to groups to socialize and make friends. And... Um, one of them was book club because, you know, even when I lived in New York and New Jersey, I used to go to book club. Mm-hmm. That was my major social outlet. I found out about an LGBTQ group on Meetup through a book club. So, like, it's actually just LGBTQ plus Meetup group, social group, but they were having regular monthly book club meetings, discussion mm-hmm. meetings. So I was like, oh, I like reading. I want to join book club. Like... And I joined it. I I went. But I had a lot of qualms about it before I went. Because at that time, I didn't know I was queer. I thought I was straight. And I was like, oh, is it okay to go if you are not queer? Mm. I think I even messaged the host and asked. But they were very welcoming. Um, They were like, oh, you can just come and discuss the book. Like, everyone is welcome. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, I can do that. I can read the book and discuss so I even remember like my first meeting, it was at a coffee shop with like three other people. It was quite casual, but I was quite nervous because it was my like first ever like LGBTQ group meeting. And <laughs> I was so scared. I was worried whether anyone's going to ask me about queer identity because I didn't know what to say. Like, if people ask you if you're straight or not? You're right. You're right. Oh, okay. To tell the truth, it sounds really silly looking back because no one asked that question. Like, you know, <laughs> it's same as any other meetup group. When you go there, people don't ask you, are you gay? <laughs> are you straight? Right. Are you lesbian? Like, they don't ask those questions. It's a very personal right. question. So mm-hmm. it was just pretty same. It was like, we go around and just say the name. And uh, we start discussing book. And maybe if we had extra time, we talk about other things, just chit-chatting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's how I got into the community without knowing what I was getting into. And that actually gave a really good foundation of me coming out. I, I would say that was like the beginning of my journey of coming out. And through the book club and through my personal counseling therapy later mm-hmm. on, I learned that I am not straight at all. <laughs> I am quite queer. And mm-hmm. and and looking back, it seems like maybe that's why I felt drawn to that group and I felt 
comfortable in the group、mm-hmm. soon after I joined. I see. Yeah, so that's how it started. But you know, journey of coming out. I think for many queer people, it it can take a long time. And to me,、yeah. I think it took several years, a few years at least, because it start in your head. It takes a while for your head to figure it out first, and、right. then and then you start talking about it with other people around you, etc. So. Yeah, there were many, many hurdles and steps and time, and mental energy and thinking. Yeah, I mean, before we dive in into your journey of coming out, I like to learn more about maybe maybe it's a stupid question.、Mm-hmm. Like you said, no one really asks you, "Are you like what are you? Are you straight or not?、Mm-hmm. Or like, are you like gay or lesbian?" You know, there are so many words. That's why even this LGBTQ got extended to LGBTQ、right. plus. Yeah. So for me,、uh, being transparent, I'm not well versed about these、mm-hmm. concepts. I never had any education like you, and I didn't really seek out, you know, education or information around this. So, how would you define you? And based on what, like you, you realize that oh, I'm also. Very attracted to female,、mm-hmm. or I'm also. I mean, the sex or gender is not that identifier for me. Like whoever very attractive to me,、mm-hmm. you know, is someone that I could love. Like how how do you go about this, and how do you identify yourself? That actually was a gradual steps as well because、mm-hmm. I have multiple queer identities. So the first thing that came. To my life, or that I realized was that I was bisexual, and、mm-hmm. um, I learned about it through my counseling.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I laugh because it is so obvious now, but until then, I was so oblivious to it.、Uh, so you know, like how when you see like celebrities or like other、mm-hmm. people on street. Um, you find some people attractive, like wow, they are、mm-hmm. hot or they are sexy, they are like pretty, beautiful, whatever. You feel attracted to them,、mm-hmm. and I felt that way to like men and women, like all my、mm-hmm. life. But、mm-hmm. I thought, I thought everyone feel like me. <laughs> I thought it's like, oh, women are beautiful. Like everyone says that, so everyone must feel attracted to women like I do. It、mm-hmm. turns out that's not true. <laughs>、mm. Um, it turns out like it is that way because I'm bisexual. <laughs>、um, it was strange. I I didn't know that I was different that way. Um, until my therapist told me that. No, not everyone is that way. <laughs> I was like,、oh. "Oh, really?"、Um, so it's that's the importance of sharing, <laughs> sharing how yeah, you、I、feel.、See. Yeah. And later on, I will just say in the order. I realized that I'm also pansexual, which means I'm attracted to all gender,、uh, p- including people who are non-binary.、Mm-hmm. Later, I also learned that I am polyamorous. Who.、Mm-hmm. Seek and feel desire to connect with multiple people, more than one people,、um, romantically、mm-hmm. or sexually.、Mm-hmm. The latest realization is that I am not just woman. I started using pronouns she and they 
last year right. or so, a, a year or ago.、Mm-hmm. And it is strange. I, I've been thinking about it before this recording as well. I'm like, am I like gender neutral or gender fluid or non binary? None of those labels feel s comfortable on me yet. But、mm-hmm. at, at the same time, I feel limited by pronoun she. I feel limited by the word woman. Because there are times that I don't feel like a woman or I don't feel like she necessarily. And there can be many reasons that why. Because、mm-hmm. there's a maybe there's just one idea that I think woman is this way and I don't fit in that box. So there are multiple identities of queerness in myself. And that took a long time to, to, to realize one by one.、Mm. I think that is all. For now, <laughs> I see. Yeah, I think it's very helpful, especially you gradually realize from some like momental incidents,、mm-hmm. like you know, talking to your therapist, and then、right. therapist kind of confirmed that not everyone felt that way, you know.、Right. So, I think you walking me through with you know, in a timely order was、mm-hmm. very helpful, and also, I think it's Sometimes we hate, you know, those categorizations, but sometimes it's so f- helpful to be confirmed. Like,、right. like your therapist、mm-hmm. said, yeah, validate, yeah, right, validation. So I think I would feel very, yeah, validated、mm-hmm. once I kind of realize that, oh, I'm, I'm this and that. You know, instead of, oh, what am I? Am I weird? You know, trying、right. to just compare myself with other people who are not like me, because there's no point of comparing myself with people who are not even comparative.、Yeah. So、um, now I understand how you approach、um, your identity、mm-hmm. during that journey. And thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for asking. I think the languages are very helpful. It, it can be limiting if you use it in a limited way, but then、mm-hmm. it can be very helpful in the way that you understand your own experience and also connect、mm-hmm. with others with similar experiences. Particularly, the moment that was very helpful was when I learned about polyamory. I knew about these words like bisexual,、um, pansexual. Or, like, lesbian, gay, those words are more common, commonly known. So, I knew about those words, but I did not know the word polyamory until like a few years ago.、Mm-hmm. So, when I read the definition and, and read stories of other people who are polyamorous, <laughs> I understood oh, oh, this is why I feel this way. Because, because there are many moments, even since I was young, I often I had multiple crushes. Like, you know,、mm-hmm. like I like more than one person at the same time. And I always thought I'm just a little maybe weird, like, but it was not a big problem for me.、Mm-hmm. But then it was making a difference because now I'm in a monogamous relationship with one partner. So,、right. I was having that internal struggle. It's like, huh, now I have my life partner and we are monogamous. We are just like committed to each other as one on one partner. But then I am attracted to the other people. It's like,、uh, what do I do with this? <laughs> yeah. And the only thing I've heard of as I grew up was that 
in those situations, some people choose to cheat. Like they will、mm-hmm. just meet other people and date others without telling their partner, right? And、mm-hmm. you know that's like in more than fifty percent of K drama. <laughs> it's like not all all dramas. Not I would all, say. not all, but <laughs> yeah, it's popular trope, and that is that was a problematic because that's not what I want to do. So I had to talk through this with my therapist, and when I learned that me being polyamorous. It's just another natural way of being. It was so、mm-hmm. comforting. I realized that I'm not a problem. There's nothing wrong with me. It's、mm-hmm. just that because I'm different from some people, especially、mm-hmm. with my partner Chris, who wants monogamous relationship,、mm-hmm. we have to talk through and we have to、right. find ways to accommodate each other's needs. And that can be challenging. It's same as like. When you and your partner have different taste in food, you have to <laughs> compromise. Yeah, but it's similar. You have to really just try to accommodate each other's need and find a way for for you your relationship. Yeah, and it must have been so challenging for your partner, especially when your partner is not polyamorous. So, how was having a talk with your partner and also coming out to your friends and families? How was that journey was like? Interestingly, Chris is the first person I always came out to, no matter what I was、mm. um, finding out about my identity. He's like my closest friend. Mm-hmm. I barely have any secret、uh, from him,、mm. so I always talk to him and my therapist. I had multiple therapists in my life, but fortunately, my therapists were very well informed and open minded.、Mm-hmm. Wa- was always supportive. So those two people, at any moment, were the first person who learned about my new identity,、mm-hmm. and then. Once that's done, I start talking about it with my friends, close friends like you, or our musician Christine, and close friends. Like I would even like post about my identity on Facebook because I felt safe with my friends. I knew、mm-hmm. my friends are very progressive; they、mm-hmm. are LGBTQ supportive. So I'll post on Facebook. It took a while for me to tell my family members, though my own family and Chris's yeah, family. I I get it because my family is Korean. None of my Korean family members or relatives came out as queer,、mm-hmm. and I know from my conversation with them and their reaction to media that they are not very well informed about queerness and. I imagine that they wouldn't really understand my experience.、Mm-hmm. I told my mother、uh, once when I learned about my bisexuality, and she asked me some question, and I answered. But then that was it. And then later, she started getting worried. She's she has anxiety issue, but then、mm-hmm. she started getting worried about me posting about my queer identity on Facebook. She she's your Facebook friend as well. She used to be. Now I blocked her. Yes. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Because she kept getting worried and telling me not to post things. Well, if that's how you're gonna do it, 
I don't want you to see my mm. post. So I yeah. blocked her, and she found out. Did she, did you block me? And I said yes, I blocked you. <laughs> but <laughs> but we still have our relationship. It's just on mm-hmm. Facebook that we are not mm-hmm. friends anymore. Mm-mm. She was worried that I will get negative consequences in my life if people know that I'm queer. And you know, I think it's legit worry for her yeah. from her generation. And even nowadays, if I were living in Korea. I wouldn't have come out this openly either, right? Because there are repercussions at workplace, social, etc. Mm-hmm. Chris's family is more open because they read more, they vote liberal all the time, and they actually do a lot of social activism work. And one of my nieces came out as trans two years ago. They've been very supportive, so that mm. actually helped me feel more comfortable in this family yeah. being queer. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I'm not the only queer member of the family anymore." Yeah, that's very comforting. So now I'm not afraid to tell anyone. Like I never mm. told my brother or father in person, like directly, because I didn't have an opportunity. We never talk about these kind of issues. But if they ask. I don't mind telling them, mm-mm, right? Mm-mm. After coming out, like now, it's been at least five years since I started coming mm-hmm. out. Okay, I have very little fear about talking about my queerness. That's why I'm recording it on podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right. First of all, I think you had amazing support group mm-hmm. that which made you feel comfortable with coming out, like little by little. Right, and. I think it's so amazing that you had like no secret to your partner, mm-hmm. and also you constantly seek the right therapist for you. You know, mm-hmm. like you had multiple different therapists, so you had like a foundation of support right. group, and then you also had friends who are very progressive and supportive of you know LGBTQ communities. Mm-hmm. So, I think that made you. To be more inclusive, like feel inclusive and feel more confident about sharing your identity with people, because if you didn't have any of, I think it would have been really, really challenging. Right. And also, I think your mom's reaction was somehow expected in you know typical mm-hmm. Korean like traditional family. There could be worse reactions from your, right. you know, families or moms. She being worried and you blocking her. That's like. I would say um, relatively low dramatic <laughs> reaction from your your mom because right. I heard some stories about you know parents even like denying their mm-hmm. you know children just because of that different identity. Yeah. Um. So I'm very happy that you were in a good place mm-hmm. to come out. And it's you who built that environment. Yep, partner, therapist, and supportive friends. Yeah, you know when I first came out on Facebook, I was very nervous. I was nervous yeah. to make, and I actually chose my birthday to make that post because I was like, oh, uh, I want to make it like extra meaningful. <laughs> I know it's like okay, <laughs> as my birthday gift to myself, I'm gonna make this coming out post. Mm-hmm. And you know, I thought about it a lot before I posted. And I realized because I made specific effort to make friends who are inclusive, who are uh, focused on social justice, who are progressive. I knew mm-hmm. that by that time, all my close friends on Facebook 
I expected that the positive response, and、mm. that's what they gave me. So、mm-hmm. you're right. I was lucky, but then I was intentional about、mm-hmm. my friends who I made in my thirties. I think it was quite different because until twenty, I mostly just became friends with people I met at school. Or who、mm-hmm. I met at Korean church, but once I turned thirty, I was very intentional with who I spent time with as、mm-hmm. friends. And、uh, one of the good source of my friends was the LGBTQ meetup group that I joined.、Mm-hmm. I felt comforted that I can talk to my friends there about anything, any of my experiences. I'm still close friend with some of them even after I moved. I see.、Mm-hmm. It's funny. Here's my side of story. Yeah, I don't remember when exactly you came out, but recent few years, I noticed that you use oh, I'm pansexual.、Mm-hmm. I use you know she they、mm-hmm. pronoun. So you mentioned uh your queer identity here and there, but my reaction was okay. <laughs> yeah, I know it's not a big deal. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, I was like, should I ask her about it? Like. Do I need to say something about it? I mean, she just you know identifying herself as queer. Like, what what am I supposed to do? I'm like, okay, it, it's you. <laughs> yeah, I think that could be the best reaction. Be- oh, okay. Because often queer people are asked to explain themselves to straight people,、mm. but then it's not their job to explain their queerness, right? But yeah, you and I are best friends. If you are in close relationship. And you feel comfortable asking any other question? You can、mm-hmm. definitely ask question about their queer identity too.、Mm-mm-mm. So yes, anytime, Hina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it because a few times I had this internal debate about、mm. should I ask more about it? Would she appreciate me asking question? But at the same time, like you said, I don't want her to explain something.、Mm-hmm. And at the same time, let's say you explain like you. Uh, you know what went through your journey and everything. Like, wh- how am I supposed to react? Like, my reaction is again same. Okay, <laughs> right. So right. So maybe me kind of wanted to avoid a conversation because at the end, what I can say is okay. <laughs> You're right, because you know、yeah. you knew that、um, you wouldn't have much of shared experience with yeah, me being queer. Yeah, right. Right. I think it makes sense. It was interesting. Reflecting on our relationship、uh, between、mm-hmm. Hina and me before the recording, because we don't talk much about my queerness, <laughs> and、no. and you know, listener, if you listen to episode thirty one, you'll know that we mostly talk about K-pop <laughs> <laughs> and work stress and、yeah. and wonder. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think day to day struggles、right. in K-pop a lot, yeah, but not not really about queerness because uh, it's mostly me not really knowing that much. Yeah. Oh、uh, yeah, yeah. I I guess that's the reason. But now I'm so glad that we talked about it.、Mm-hmm. I finally asked all the questions that's. Internally circling in my mind,、mm-hmm. or somewhere deep in my heart for a few years. Yeah, yeah I I feel good about it. That's good. I think being queer definitely has areas of experiences in daily life where you only experience because you're queer.、Mm-hmm. I think I just do not intentionally seek to talk about it with you because 
I assume that that wouldn't be really a topic to connect with you. Mm, that's right. For a valid yeah. reason. Right, right. In that case, I talk about it with Christine. They are queer. And mm-hmm. they immediately get what I'm talking about. Mm. And I don't have to explain anything. And they will do the same. When they have struggle or joyful experience being queer, they will share it with me. And they don't have to explain much to me either. I will just get it. Yeah. So yeah. so I think like it's just different. Like with different friends, you talk about different topics. Be- yeah. Because everyone's different. Right. And then mm-hmm. because we are American K-sister, we can relate a lot on these kind of topics. You're right. You know, being a, you know, immigrant or, you know, international people mm-hmm. or person. Yeah, I think what you just said is totally valid. Yeah. And, you know, I don't talk about K-pop with Christine at all. Because <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> they don't get BTS or 70, how cute yeah. they are. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah, that's fine. But I think it's it is important, like especially when you are questioning and trying to come out, to find mm-hmm. at least one person who would understand you and support you, mm. because that will be your support as you move through that journey. Right. And you know, I think they can be straight too. They they don't have to be queer themselves, but they have to be open minded and supportive. So mm-hmm. so they can back you up no matter what happens. Because there will be struggles. Like when my mother was telling me about, oh, don't post things, don't tell people you're queer, I felt hurt. Yeah. I understand where she's coming from, but I felt hurt. And when I tell Christine about it, they understand how hurtful mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. But if I told you, Hina, I think you would have understood too. You you would mm-hmm. empathize that I'm feeling her from my mother's words, even yeah, if you don't yeah. understand uh, exactly how it feels. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important part. Again, you know, being or finding the right support mm-hmm. group, especially when you go through the journey. Because, I mean, you already knew that your mom is not the first one to mm-hmm. share this, you know, identity. That's why you didn't. Right. Um, you shared with your partner and mm-hmm. your supportive group first. So, yeah, I think that's the most important part for the journey. Yeah. And you don't have to tell everyone. You can right, just choose right. who you want to tell. Mm-hmm. That's totally fine. Yeah. I feel like we are finally unwrapping this topic about your queerness because we didn't really talk about this a lot, right? So no. I'm learning a lot about you. Again, I'm, I probably said this so many times in our mm-hmm. previous episodes, but that's when we were talking about those relatable topics about, you know, Korean mm-hmm. identities and right. living in the US. But this is a totally another level of mm-hmm. learning more about you. I feel very grateful for this time and this opportunity. Yeah, me too. Now, I want to learn more about some challenges. Mm-hmm. You mentioned some challenges that you experience, when, especially when you are coming out, especially your mom, mm-hmm. not really understanding. 
But I'm sure there are a lot more difficulties、mm-hmm. you experience in this heteronormative society.、Mm-hmm. I know it's a not a commonly used word.、Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, tell us more about those difficulties that you go through day to day in your normal life. Yeah, I will definitely go over that word first: heteronormativity, and that、mm-hmm. just means that society is designed to use heterosexuality as a norm, as, a, as default.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, when you turn on K drama, you will see all the romantic couples. Men and women, that's, right? Like that's a big part. When you、mm-hmm. go to any building, public building, you go to restroom. There's a men and women bathroom.、Mm-hmm. Like everything is designed for cis men and women, the binary gender, and also you are supposed to like your opposite gender. I think because I am lucky to live in a very sheltered community, I do not get any. Negative pushback from my work for being queer,、mm-hmm. and my my partner and family love me for who I am, and、mm-hmm. so are my friends. There's little that I experience challenges in interpersonal relationship in in my personal life. The biggest challenges that I experience is mental distress. From、mm-hmm. just navigating the society's the structure and, and media. I think it has a lot to do with representation. Like、mm. when I watch TV show or even K-pop, everything is binary and everything is heteronormative, and that just feel like they are different world. That who who I am. Like there's no room for me to enter this society、mm. according to what's shown on the screen. Okay. And they can be considered as a constant eraser of who I am. It's like、mm-hmm. the way you are wired is different from the mainstream, and there's no room for you to to be who you are.、Mm. That's a quite a struggle, and it's especially true when I'm consuming Korean content, because in in the American content there's an increase of queer identity characters in in reality、right. show and fictional shows. Mm-hmm. However, it's very rare in Korean show. Yeah, and whenever like in Korean variety show, when they are saying, "Oh, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this girl?" and they try to like match up men and women just because、mm-hmm. they are single, is immensely frustrating、mm-hmm. to just watch. I'm like, why are you assuming that they are straight? Why are you assuming that they want to date each other just because they are single men and women?、Mm. It's a very forceful、mm-hmm. pressure to to fit into a norm in order to survive. In order to be on this show, you have to fit in, fit in, fit in. Like you are a man, like woman. You are a woman,、mm-hmm. like men. That's the only、mm-hmm. way you can survive in this society. And there's a huge pressure when that's repeated every day. When、mm-hmm. whenever you turn on something. So that's the struggle. I have added <laughs> mental struggle to consume even queer content because a lot of people. I shouldn't assume all the people, but then at least the mainstream media assume everyone wants one-on-one relationship,、mm. and that's the biggest like trope in all the TV show. It's like, oh. I like this person, but then they have a boyfriend or girlfriend. 
oh, I'm just gonna watch them or I have to steal them. I'm like, um, why don't you try to connect all together? You can't be happy together. Like, it's always like jealousy. Like, like who's gonna win over this person? Like, it doesn't work like that in my head. Because mm-hmm. like in my head, people, multiple people can have committed relationship together, mm-hmm. either romantic or sexually. So mm-hmm. whenever I see that on TV, I'm like, oh, this again, fighting over a person. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't relate. And it's just frustrating oh, to watch. That's so interesting. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you already saw a different world. Mm-hmm. So the default settings of the other world is not relatable for you anymore. Right. So Every time you're surrounded by the word, so the other word of which different setting is not relatable for you, Mm -hmm. feels like stress to you. Yes, it feels like a different world. It's not a world that I would feel belong. Yeah, Mm -hmm. similar to, I don't know, it just reminds me of, you know, now there are more and more like... Asian um, actors and actresses Mm -hmm. and even like Disney characters have diversity Mm -hmm. but that was not the case a while ago until recently so it feels like people of color is also a huge population of consuming those media but there's not no room for representation of them yeah yeah so it feels like a different word because they all look different, you know, there's no people of color. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you can relate to that. Yeah. I think one reason that I follow more boy bands, Korean boy bands than girl bands, is that Korean girl groups follow the gender norm more strictly than boy bands you know like when you look at um bts member jimin's like filter stage Mm -hmm. i interpret it as like him playing with different gender identity or like Mm. big different filters and you Mm -hmm. can be beautiful throughout and he's pretty much saying that you can be whoever you want Mm. and BTS members, if you go to Twitter or Google, like you can find that BTS members have shot photos and videos so many times wearing female clothing. And, you know, mm. they still look beautiful. And, you know, as commonly known, uh, most of them also wear makeup, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like the boy bands definitely have bigger room leeway to play with their presentation of their gender and you know some boy band depending on their album also have long hair um Mm. that's allowed right however it's very hard to see girl group not wearing short skirt not having long hair (laughs) right it's hard for me to see that pretty much is saying this is the only way to be pretty and presentable and beautiful and that's now how i look yeah, only acceptable. Right. Right, yeah. Although I like some group's music and members. Like, I like Le Seraphim, New Zines, and I've, I like each member. I got to know the individual. They are charming, strong, uh, beautiful individuals. And they mm-hmm. make really fun uh, healing music. However, when I see them on stage, 
part of my heart gets the stress from it. It's like, oh, they all have to wear that way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, again, because how they have to dress themselves, it is enforcing one way of being in a society. It's like, this right. is how you should look if you want to be perceived as beautiful. Yeah, definitely girl groups are in a more tighter frame mm-hmm. of how they should look. Even though sometimes they had some concept of a little more masculine, mm-hmm. like they're wearing like long pants right. and jackets, but like they're still wearing top, you know, or tank top, mm-hmm. or still have a you know, long hair. Mm-hmm. So it's not really being out of the box right. that, you know, wearing suit or uniform is another part of looking sexy, you know, in right. the same frame, right. not being really like men like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I personally learned a lot, not just about you, but also about queerness. They, I mean, I cannot just generalize them all in they, but. How they feel day to day and like the struggle that you just explained, mm-hmm. that's something I've never imagined because yeah. it's, yeah, the, totally different. So how was today's recording, Linda? How do you feel? It was fun. I always have fun recording with you, Hina. But on top of that, I love talking about myself. <laughs> and to tell the truth i never had a chance to talk about my queerness this much i Mm. talk about it a little bit here and there with my other friends or i put it in in my writing here and there but it was never the focus of the talk ever Mm -hmm. in my life so this is like the first one if later on if anyone asks like oh linda tell me about your queerness or like your journey you just send the link here's the link <laughs> listen to episode 32 of american case sisters yeah yeah that's perfect and i want to say congratulations for like coming out going through the journey you know now you're somewhat settled into your new identity mm-hmm. and you have this amazing supportive group it's all what you achieved. It's not just, oh, I was lucky or I'm lucky. Right. It's what you built. So I think that's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you want to share uh, with our audiences or with other queer listeners? I think coming out, I, I just want to mention coming out because it can be the biggest struggle in queer person's life in this heteronormative society. It's a totally personal choice. You should come out whenever you feel safe and comfortable. But I want to tell you, start coming out as early as you can. Find at least one person you can trust and come out to that person. Because that Mm. first step can lead to a long journey of joy. Right. And I think often people might think that, oh, I I can just keep living. Why do you have to tell other people? Because if you don't tell, it feels like a secret. And when there's a secret, it can feel like a burden because Mm. why am I not telling others about me being queer? Maybe I think it's not a right way to live or there's something Mm. wrong with me. So coming out actually validate your own queer identity. Mm. That act of coming out will make you feel more like you are normal. 
You are natural.、Right. You are beautiful as you are. So I I really want to encourage everyone to take the first step of coming out to the most trusted person you have、mm-hmm. in your life, and and go from there because it feels like a different world. Like you know, people often say like coming out of closet. You don't know、mm-hmm. when you're in the closet how closeted you are. <laughs> That's why it's even called coming out, right? You know? Right. Coming out of your own your mind of closet. Yeah, like you're coming out of your shell. Once you、mm-hmm. come out, now you can breathe more easily.、Mm. And the more openly you say it, you just feel like you are okay for who you are. And I also think the more people come out. And the more people are openly LGBTQ plus, the more space we can create for others to join in.、Mm. So, so I'm very glad and grateful that I had privilege setting where I could come out safely, and I thought it not only helped me, but I can help the whole LGBTQ community by coming out and by talking、mm. about it openly as often as mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. That's so important, and thanks so much for sharing. I think Linda can add some show notes about some helpful、yeah. resources. Please check out the show notes as well.、Mm-hmm. And shifting the gear a little bit,、um, in our next episode,、mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Father's Day、mm-hmm. or our fathers in honor of Father's Day.、Mm-hmm. Stay tuned and see you in our next episode. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, support us by leaving ratings and reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and help us grow our community. Subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Connect with us on Instagram, American K Sisters, or send us a message at AmericanKSisters at gmail dot com. If you want to learn more about each episode, check the show notes below. A big shout out to Miss Christine for the beautiful music in our podcast. Share our show with your fellow fans of Korea and K Everything. Thank you.